Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. What's going on right now? I'm chatting with someone who I listen to his voice so much. So many times uh, people have come up to me in shows and been like, man, it's so weird to, to talk with you. It's, it's it, you know, I hear your voice on Metal Shop and I hear your voice on Loud and Local. And I got to say, it's the same way. I listen to the X-Man all the time when I'm at my day job. Um, also, obviously, so I'm talking with Doc Coyle. As you see, uh, he's in the band Bad Wolves. He was in the band God Forbid. And he does a very successful podcast called the X Man Podcast. So, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's it's uh, it is an experience because I'm a huge purveyor of podcasts and I'm a huge yep. fan. And I listen to a lot of people too. So it's you know, and I, it's probably pretty rare where I've listened to someone but I didn't know them personally. So mm-hmm. it's like you know, it it is that thing when you're you're someone's in your head. It's a it's yep. a, it's a, it's an interesting thing. <laughs> what are some of your favorite podcasts? What do you listen to? Uh, it really depends like what vibe I'm in. I mean, lately, you know, like Bill Simmons podcast. Yep. Yes. Because yep. nine times out of 10, I'm looking for stuff that's just kind of going to get my mind off of all the BS. So it's yep. his podcast. It's like NBA yep. and like pop culture and things like that. They also have another one called the rewatchables on Great podcast. Yeah. Um, really big fan of, uh, 538, which is like, mm-hmm. uh, kind of politics analysis um what i've been listening to lately the uh daily the top the new york times is with michael barbaro yeah some good <laughs> good good voices over there um yeah i listen to a lot of different podcasts it really cool. really depends when you know my list is like <laughs> so you you've had a podcast for quite a while now and and were you a listener of podcasts before you even started your own yeah i mean t- i could say to some degree listening to podcasts and the really that my entry point was you know my best friend turned me on to uh mark maron's podcast mm-hmm. um, yeah. wtf and then 
I got into Bill Burr and then um, Joe Rogan. So it was really stemmed out of this comedian community yeah. going back to around 2009, 2010, which for the podcast era is pretty early on. That's the Podfathers well, right there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And for me, it, and I guess in some ways it kind of changed my life. It changed the way I thought about things, especially in those, you know, WTF he would just really get in deep with these comedians. And it was such the thing I found fascinating about the medium was how intimate it was mm -hmm. and that people would reveal things about themselves. And so it became almost like this learning tool to like study successful people or, you know, in Rogan's case, you know, back then just having these conversations with people about whether it's psychedelics or, kind of space or these really kind of broad-minded things. And, you know, you really felt like you got to know people and get get deep in a way on subject matter in a way that wasn't available in any other forum. Well, uh, so you have the X-Man podcast. So if you're listening to this now and you don't subscribe to the X-Man podcast, I would highly suggest you do that. Um, and um, so I, I kind of wanted to ask about this. is We're, we're kind of shifting into the world where, uh, you know, tours are starting back up again. Um, but this must have been, I'm assuming probably the longest you've probably been home and off the road for quite a while. I know, I know there was a time after God forbid, where, you know, you, um, you were doing some smaller projects, but you know, we're, you were off the road, but is this the longest you've been off the road since bad wolves started and whatnot? Um, no, nah, it's gotta be like, no, I didn't tour from, I'd say December, 2012, Oh no, 2013, excuse me, until January 2016. Okay. So I so it's about three years. I didn't I didn't tour. I, I did a tour on Earth mm -hmm. uh, before I moved to uh California. And then kind of right before I joined Bad Wolves, I toured with uh Maytal, Maytal okay. Cohen, the the uh female drummer and uh well with, with Queensryche. So so I mean to some degree, and that period I had to learn almost how to be off the road because I was yeah. for, for so long that you get a bit inst institutionalized by the lifestyle. So in many ways, I'm, I'm comfortable being a domesticated individual, but I definitely feel at home on the road too. Was that hard at first? Were, did you, were you feeling like antsy? Like I kind of need to go out to the shows and, and be in the scene and like be in the, the element or did it take a while to kind of adjust to civilian life, quote unquote? Well, all that, listen, all that stuff is great being around the scene, just being involved. I love it. But I think the truth is the tour life is the best kind of escape mechanism for normal life. Mm. You can, you can like all the BS, you know, I got to go food shop and I got to go to the dentist, all this, the, the, the nitty gritty of day-to-day -day life. So it's, it's in many ways. And I think it can be kind of, it become kind of a crutch because it's not the real world, right? It's like, Oh, here's, uh sound check here's dinner time here's lunch time everything is so regimented mm -hmm. it it kind of allows you to to kind of just have to worry about a few things which is yeah. i gotta play the show i gotta do the meet and greet and it's a very simplified existence and but unfortunately i think especially if you get really successful you you can become i don't know what a lot of people it, it's infantilizing as well when you have people kind of doing everything for you and kind of telling you where to be. So it's being at home and just being your own person is I think imperative for just kind of adult <laughs> development, you know? Yep. So, so it, it's a little bit of me. That period was like 
eating my vegetables, of having that need to get on the road and escape from everything and going, no, 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 do the work. Be, Be present. Exactly. Be present. Yep. Oh man. Uh, that's, that's, that's good. I, I didn't, um, you know, uh, I, I know I've talked to a couple people that, uh, you know, over this past 16 months or so that they were like, so anxious to get back on the road where, were you comfortable, you know, with this last 17 months, were you able to keep, keep yourself sane and busy? And I mean, I know you got the podcast and probably writing new music. I'm assuming. I, I certainly was never at any point going, Hey, I don't have anything to do. It was okay. a really busy time. Bad wolves right away. We got involved with this Patreon page and we were creating a lot of content for that yeah. and doing lives, uh, doing live streaming stuff. And I got hired to do this other show, Last Words, just yep. once a week. And then on top of that, doing my show. Uh, and I also do just tons of projects. You know, I did a yep. few of those cover songs that, you, yeah. know, you know, did 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 some of those. And I'm always getting asked to do this thing and 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 do that thing. And so listen, I think to me, the, the difficult thing about the pandemic was just the lack of regular stuff happening i mean just yeah. those regular outlets not even just me going on tour but i live in los angeles where you know before the pandemic there's a show every night yep. so if you want to go out and experience that that's there if you want to go to a comedy show that's there if you want to go to the movies that's there it's a incredible you know like most um metropolitan areas it's there's just everything going on and that energy dissipating was just tough and and, I, and also i think there was just a a monotony to it mm -hmm. i think that was difficult as well but i mean i got i got covid last oh. year and then i got back surgery and then i moved and it was and then the band you know the split happened yep. in january so trust me there was never <laughs> a, a time of that that's something kind of very challenging and i also you know i lost my father uh this this Sorry year uh, thank you. So it's been, I think, in in many ways, just the greater challenge of getting through this period of time, and we're all have to all figure that out on our on our own. Is is fairly collective. I, I wouldn't say my experience is any more difficult than than anyone's else because it's been quite something. But but with that said, I mean, even though there's cancellations happening, you're hearing about all this uh, difficulties with the Delta strain. I'm definitely much happier to be in the position we are now than we were yep. six or eight months ago. Absolutely, man. And, and, uh, you know, I've, I've had some communication just today. I was texting with my friend who's out on the road right now and it's like a bigger tour. And, and I was just curious, like, what's it like right now? What's it like being on the road? And, and he was just saying, it's kind of wacky, you know, like there's like certain rules, like the band can't go out in the crowd. Um, no one's allowed backstage unless, you know, they're vaccinated or their family or whatever, you know, certain different rules, um, you know, on some tours, like, you have to have a rapid test before you even go on the bus. Um, have you gone to any shows yet? Like Matt, where masks are mandated or anything like that? Have you gone to not, anything yet? Not, uh, not really. I've all, I've literally gone to maybe, I want to say three or four shows. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and it's two of those were like local LA at this, this one bar that's that started having some shows. And then I was in Fort Wayne, Indiana, not that long mm -hmm. ago when Gemini syndrome came through. So I went to that show and that's, Indiana, which is one of the reddest states in the yep. country, so there's no no mandates or anything like like that. But truth truth be told, I mean, I am vaccinated and I do feel safe. Like I'm not person like, and I know even though the the variant makes it more likely that someone mm -hmm. like myself could get sick, I know that even if I do get COVID because of the vaccine, that 
the effect, you know, it's not going to hit yep. me quite as hard as it would have otherwise. And I kind of feel like that's the best uh, defense we have. So if you're kind of fortified in that way, then at some point you got to decide whether you're going to go out in the world or, or not. But I mean, if there's a show like uh, yep. Wolfgang Van Halen was supposed to play out here. I saw that. And uh, his show got postponed, but that show I know was going to be massive. So I'm kind of like, whatever yep. the place I go, whatever their rules are, I will follow those rules. Um, and hopefully, you know, we get past this period yep. of this variant kind of tearing things up and then we can move past that. But I, you know, I know people get frustrated by the fact that, okay, things are open up and these are the rules one yep. day. The CDC gives these guidelines and say it changes, but it's like, yeah, but we're dealing with something that is crazy. So it's, yep. it's you know, it's, it's someday times it's going to be two steps forward is one step back. And, yep. you know, and I can sit here and run the laundry list and say, who are, who's at fault or who, but that's not really going to help anything right now. We, everyone, exactly. kinda, we all, everyone has their beliefs and um, I'm certainly not going to be the one to, I don't think uh, move too many minds. So let's, you know, just, just give my, my, my little opinion, but you know, hopefully, but I do think it's a better compromise to yep. say, Hey, get a test or get vaccinated so we can the show can go on yep. as opposed to people canceling tours, which I think is detrimental when you're talking about uh, the people who have to earn a living and yep. these clubs that want to stay open. I saw it's like, that's the compromise that we have to do sometimes. Absolutely, man. I mean, I couldn't have said it better for myself. I, I keep saying, you know, like, it's not ideal to like go to a hardcore show with a mask on, but you know, if it's keeping my friends at the venue and, and the owners and, and the bands out on the road and keeping people, you know, with their jobs and, and their livelihoods, let's you know it's all good. And then, you know, when we get those third shots, just shoot me up fourth shot, fifth shot, you just keep yeah. me going, man. I mean, if it's just something like the, the flu shot, then it, I mean, I, I get my flu shot every six months. So it's there not like, go. I'm, you know, it's not anything I'm, 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 I'm worried about, uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's an inconvenience. And I think we, I have faith in the idea that it's temporary and we'll, we'll eventually move forward. So I can, I look forward to a time where COVID isn't a topic of conversation during interviews. That'll be awesome. Well, we'll see. I mean, it's this, the, the last time this happened was a hundred years ago. So yeah. I mean, pretty monumental, I think disregarding the monumental nature of it is a little kind of naive. Yeah. I think it's important to go, hey, this this thing shut down the world. Let's get, let's give that the gravity it it deserves. It's kind of like 9/11, right? Like yep. that was something that it was a year or two before it didn't feel so fresh in our minds and it changed our lives kind of forever, like the way we travel. Yep. Uh so many different diff diff different things, the our entire you know, like, so look what's going on in Afghanistan last week. I mean, yep. that's a result of 9-11. We're still living 20. with the, yeah, like the the kind of the, you know, the results of, of the, those actions. And I think uh, COVID is, is even bigger than that because it affected literally everybody. Absolutely, man. So... You guys, uh, your band, Bad, Bad Wolves, you guys did a new transition. You have a new vocalist, Daniel. Uh, let me try his last name. D.L. Lashowitz. Lashowitz? Laskowitz. Laskowitz. Okay. So uh, Daniel Laskowitz, one of the founding members of Acacia Strain, new vocalist of uh, Bad Wolves. I was curious, um, was did he like help produce the band in the past or did he help you guys uh, write some music? How did you guys uh, decide on him? He top-lined a chorus. So I okay. mean... And top lining is an industry term for he helped write uh, a vocal line okay. for a chorus. So it was a song off the last record. Um, 
why am I forgetting the name of name of it? Um, but uh, but anyway, so yeah, he 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 chipped in. So he's basically been producing, writing for other bands for years. That's pretty much why he left a Casey Strain. He he started a family, and he wanted to focus on his career as a producer and songwriter. And so he's done, he did the last All That Remains record. He did last On Earth record. So pretty big bands. Yeah. And, um, you know, he was, he had done vocals for a band called Legend, mm-hmm. done melodic vocals. And I had heard he had a cover of the Skeleton song by Seven Dust on YouTube. He, okay. had, he actually took it down. But I, you know, I knew it was funny when all this went down. He was definitely in the back of my head, but he was probably the first person we were in contact with um when the split happened and he yeah. sent us something really early so he was kind of the front runner yeah it was almost like the thing of like man we got this dude right out the gate that it's not that it's necessarily gonna be tough to beat but it's like the bar we already know like mm-hmm. if this if we ended up with this dude we already know we're doing pretty good and we went through a lengthy process of of auditioning a lot of people um through like having them just send send music and then we whittled it down to like six people that we saw in person because you know anyone anyone can sound good in the studio uh yeah. <laughs> so you know and then we we did that process and kind of whittled it down to like three and then we brought in a few people to sing on some new tracks and it was ultimately it was a unanimous decision between us and the management that's awesome man well congratulations and it's kind of um a good uh situation to be in with this with the fact that bad wolves has such a big name um your your album did so well and also, you know, we have some downtime right now, uh, you know, based on the pandemic and you were able to, to get some time to, to work on that. And um, have you guys recorded the new album yet? Yeah, everything's done. OK, um, it's been done for, I don't know, a month or so. Okay. And uh, but listen, it was quite a process. And we started writing the record pretty much at the beginning of the pandemic. We had an entire year of touring on, on the books. We had a record that came out you know, about five, six months before the pandemic started. And so we got right to work. And then when the split happened in January, we had to kind of reconfigure material that already existed, but then also wrote a bunch of different other things as as well. And so pretty much from January through, you know, I'd say like six weeks ago, we were working really hard on, on the music. And it's, I mean, I... I think it's unbelievable. I think it's going to be, I think it's the best album that out the band has made. I think, you know, in some ways, you know, cause I don't think we're touring at least this year, but um, it's kind of cool though. We're, you know, have, we'll have a record out this year yeah. and people will really be able to just judge the band on the music, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of live with that. And that'll be, and I really think it'll speak for itself. Awesome, man. Well, I look forward to hearing it and, and look forward to hearing the new vocalist. Um, when you're a part of something that is so, you know, blown up in the in the in the metal world of of this like big drama that people seem to perceive they know the story of or whatever, and there's all this uh, you know, news reporting and, and all this stuff and probably comments from either sides, um, you know, fans wise and stuff. Do you ever just have to like turn your phone off and be like, yo, dude, like I need to step away from this? It's just too much. Was- I mean, we've 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 all done that at certain yeah. points where you just delete the social media off your phone. Um, yeah. I mean, we've been straight up harassed. I mean, by, by people and targeted uh, in a really disgusting way. And, and uh, something that's really, you know, I've been doing this 
20 years. And obviously social media has probably only existed for, uh, you know, maybe about two thirds of that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think anyone's ever saw ourselves in a position where you'd have to kind of have like rhetorical battles with people that are supposed to be your fans. Right. Uh, and, um, no, it's been, I'd say it's been almost one of the most difficult things any of us have ever had to deal with. But my, my mentality is in to some degree, the, the, the larger, the challenge you're dealing with, uh, if you can get through it, if, if you can manage it, then that you're going to be that much stronger of an individual. You're going to, it's like, uh, not that I'm a fighter or anything, but I imagine you're a fighter, but okay, I'm seeing this technique and then I fight someone and they have a new tech. I haven't seen that now. It like that, even though it screws you up and beats you up, you're learning more about, you You know, so it's like this thing of like, okay, now I know this is a possibility in life. Yep. And this is, these are things I might have to deal with. So I always look at tough times and to some degree, sometimes, I, and I don't know if a lot of people do, but sometimes I almost thank the universe for tough times. Cause I'm like, thank you for this challenge because you know, when you get too comfortable, when you get too you're eating too good and yep. everything's too nice. It's like that. Those are almost scary times to me because I'm like, when is the other shoe going to drop? Cause life is always going to hand you tough stuff and you have to stay on top of your feet. So I'm, I'm embracing, um, that pushback and it's also very motivating to me when someone comes and tells me i'm gonna fail it like it's as we call in basketball or any sport bullet bulletin board material Mm -hmm. it's the kind of stuff that gets me up in the morning you know it's it is like because it's very that's kind of rare in music unless you're a really really popular artist right you're justin bieber and everyone tells you i hate you but when you're you know in the metal community it's rare people are gonna go out of their way to tell you they suck until you get big Well, I mean, like you are a big band. You guys are a big band, but I think you come from a unique perspective because, you know, you come from the like metalcore scene and like the New Jersey hardcore and metal scene and you guys grinded it. Like you guys were like road warriors and like in the bus. And, you know, I saw you guys at Studio 7, you know, I saw these weren't like huge, you know, shows. They were they were pretty, you know, pretty like ground level, like bad. I mean, they were big for what they were. But it wasn't, you know, a stadium rock show like you guys are playing now. So, uh, you know, do you think that really um, being down and gritty and like being from that, like kind of that like more like uh, underground metal has that did that prepare you a lot for for the adversity of the of the music scene uh, on on the higher level? Um, I don't know. I think it's so different. I think uh, when you're doing those more underground shows and. I don't know. I think there's just less pressure. Maybe it's, it's, it's definitely a comfort zone, right? You're playing yeah. super heavy stuff and you kind of know the audience and this, the whole bad wolves experience has been very eye opening. but also I just kind of appreciate every step of it because I yeah. know how difficult it is to get your band to a certain size where you can, you mm-hmm. know, sell out house of blues or something and those are you know some of the bigger bands in the in the on the heavier side that's what they do so when we get to go out and do these arena tours and things like that like i never at any second took it for granted yeah um how how lucky we were to have those opportunities and go this is a cool thing this catering is amazing dude i mean that's that's a a real thing because things like that affect your Mm day-to-day happiness like you don't really think of that oh i'm 
I have, I have good nutrition. I can, you know, I can eat well and I can, things like that affects your entire like health in, 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 in general. And like, it's, that's not a small thing. That's a huge thing when you have great catering and, and have access to things like that, that on smaller tours when you're, you know, if you're eating pizza every night, not only are you physically going to feel like, but then it's going to mentally make you, uh, not really fulfilled either. So all that stuff. And, you know, and I, you know, I, I don't really get delve too much into like the whole, like paying dues thing, but, but what I do is just really hone into like, this is really cool. We're really lucky. And that thing of, it may, it may not last, you know? Um, and so you do everything you can to make it last, but you you just got to go and, and work. And, but I don't know, man, even like I said, if, if I never go on tour ever again, I pretty much accomplished all my goals, you know, to, yeah. to, 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 in many degrees. So, and that's a, it's a beautiful thing. I think at a certain point, you know, in my youth, I realized that when you stop being desperate for things, they come to you actually way easier. Mm-hmm. And so once I stopped like needing it and all of a sudden things started happening in a, in a, in a, in a weird way, I wasn't dependent on that feeling or that validation. Well, you weren't too thirsty. Yeah. And that, <laughs> No, but that, but dude, young bands often it's like they sign the wrong deal because mm-hmm. they want it too bad. They sign, they get with the wrong manager because they need it. They go on tour too early, and and uh, and the truth is, the industry preys on uh, minds like that. People that oh, they need this record deal. They're yep. desperate, so we'll give them the latest record deal possible because we know they'll take it. All right, man. Well, uh, you dropping knowledge on us, man. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm I am curious. Um, so. I wanted to bring it back a little bit to just a couple questions about God forbid. So I did mention, I saw you guys at studio seven, you know, a bunch of times and El Corazon and whatnot. Tons of bands are doing reunion shadows fall doing that stuff. Do you guys get approached? Uh, you know, cause I talked, I talked to uh, the bassist from botch and I said, how often do you guys get approached for reunions? And he's like, it's uh, it's honestly on like a, uh, like an 11 month, you know, rotation. How often do you guys get, uh, you know hit up to do reunions truth be told we never got hit up the only thing i heard it was like maybe a few years back actually okay there was one kind of an offer a few years back to do something in jersey and then maybe a a year or two for that i swear to god like this guy joe hardcore maybe mentioned us doing this hardcore fest yeah yeah doing something like that um but i don't it was never like an official offer and then about three months ago, we got a real offer to do a European tour okay. uh, with, with Dark Stowers. So that's like the first re- real thing. It's just more I've seen in the last six months, you know, just there's been kind of a groundswell on the internet or like in comment sections. I see there seems to be a bit of a more of a fervor now than there was a couple of years ago. I think it's because people are cooped up inside and they're going through their old CD books. I mean, like, maybe, oh. I mean, yeah, maybe that I think just also being disbanded for X amount of time, the kind of the longer you're away, yep. the more, uh, you know, goes. And I think, you know, you know, that nostalgia kind of thing, you gotta, you know, nostalgia needs to, it needs to take a certain amount of time to kind of, uh, come full circle, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see with, with, with that. It's definitely something I've, I've always said, I'm not, um, opposed to it. Okay. And any any opportunities that make sense, you know, but my approach with God forbid was always in the last, you know, since the band is disbanded was like making sure the relationships were good and yep. and 
And because that ultimately is is way more important to me than shows or albums or any of that is that you know we were a family and we're people that, that cared about each other yeah. uh, tremendously and that's uh that's something beautiful and that's something you can't replicate those experiences um currently you know you can you only get that one time when you're 25 and yep. you're doing your first oz fest and things like that and we and we share that together and it's a really cool thing and and and, and musically uh i think we did some really cool things and it's it's wonderful to just be kind of part of that history cool man all right well uh i i've now come to the portion of the interview where i'm going to throw out some non-linear random questions if you don't mind okay so you guys are a jersey band um and and we all know the big four of american thrash metal megadeth slayer anthrax metallica in your opinion your personal what's your personal big four of new jersey music of new jersey music we're just going music music it could be rock. It could be hip hop. It could be, wow. you know, metal, hardcore. Um, I mean, ska. yeah, I mean, I probably got to keep it within the scene I was in. I think once you get too broad, it's like if you don't put Bon Jovi, you're kind of being weird. Uh, <laughs> I mean, probably for me, it's probably, you know, E-Town, Concrete. Okay. Dillinger Escape Plan. My Chemical Romance. I'm trying to think who would who would be number four. Um Damn, that's a that's a that probably Symphony X. Oh yeah, there we go. And I'm sure I'm probably leaving out a bunch of bands that are New Jersey adjacent or or have have some connection. That's just off the dome. I like it. The E Town is like the kings of Jersey. Yep. If you don't know the, exactly, that's right. It's your jaw. <laughs> I you know you know certain E Town songs I, I'll sing along with. There are certain words I cannot sing along with, so it's I cannot. <laughs> It's a different time. Exactly. It's a different right. time. Uh, okay, man. So uh, you got you have a bunch of action movies behind you. What is an underrated action film people need to check out? Uh, so it's funny. I, I I did a podcast with Mark Hunter from Chimera, and we, we had this specific conversation. I'm trying to remember what I, I said from that one, but there's this one actually with the, the late Paul Walker okay, uh, called Running Scared. And I there's actually about that. There's another running scared with Billy Crystal and uh, uh, Gregory Hines from like the early. Oh, okay. This is a different. It's not a sequel. It's just used the same title. Okay. And it's kind of like a chase movie where he's like on the run. Really cool movie. But I feel like a lot of people don't know about it. Um, one, I think, is kind of under like because there's so many movies like this have been coming out. These kind of John wick esque movies is a uh, atomic blonde. Oh, that was a good movie. That was fun. Yeah. I just, I just love the way it shot. So the guy who was the stunt coordinator on John wick actually directed atomic oh, blonde. I and I love, I love the, the, uh, the music and the way it's shot. It's like very eighties aesthetic, you yeah. know, Soviet union. Um, trying to think of something that's underrated. I'm looking forward to seeing that movie pig. I haven't seen I've that heard, one yet. I've heard things. I've heard good things. Nicholas Cage. I haven't seen yeah. it yet. But... You haven't seen it yet. Um, I've heard good things. I mean, pretty much anything Nick Cage does these days seems to be exactly. Great. You just got to be in the right mood for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and by the way, and I really appreciate uh, the Suicide Squad that came out. It's that was dope. Yeah. Got some really tremendous action set pieces, you know, in a weird way. But I've, it's like I have these very kind of definitive 
mindsets about action because I love action films, but I actually kind of hate the way most action films use action in modern times, which is like, you know, you watch like a Fast and Furious movie and they're just blowing stuff up. There's like, so here's what I don't like. I don't like when you have like just faceless, nameless bad guys, like just endless where they get shot and you don't care. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of sick of like they're in a gunfight and like your hero would like just jump out in the middle and start shooting everyone. I'm like, well, why logically, like, why don't they get hit? Like mathematically. Yeah. Even if you're shooting randomly, there's got to be, you got to get hit. Right. So I don't, I don't like films that, um, not that I don't like the films. I just feel like it's a flaw of modern action movies where it's like, uh, Basically, I say, I, I say all modern action movies are superhero movies mm-hmm. because you're never, you know, John Wick ain't gonna die. Like they're not. He's gonna he's gonna kill six hundred assassins in one yeah. movie. And it's like we what we've learned from uh, all these uh, MMA fights is that everyone eventually loses. Yeah. But not in these movies. And so like the best films are I, it's like Die Hard where he you feel vulnerable. You feel like yep. he died any time or. The original predator where it's like the whole team gets killed and it's just arnold and he barely wins or rocky know? and he loses you know well rocky i don't consider an action film okay but, okay but but i mean or like one of my favorite films is uh drive yeah uh because it's not like action packed from top to bottom but every time there is action and there's violence it it has impact and it has weight and you mm-hmm. feel it is that in the real world violence is really really matters Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you don't give it weight in a film, uh, I feel like it, it, it then it just becomes kind of like a video game. Fair enough. Yeah. Just like one of those games where you're just like random, random, non-playable characters, beat them all up, beat them all up, beat them all up. And you got to give it more weight. I agree. So yeah, just my, just my, and, other, and there's a lot of films I like that do that stuff, but I wish they would do it less. So. <laughs> all right. All right. So my next random question, dude. So as a bald guy myself, I have a hairline story. So I used to have long hair and then I just noticed it to go. And I was like, okay, I go to so many metal shows. I, I can't be the guy with the skullet. When did you decide you need to, you need to shave it? Was there a point where you were, you woke up and you're like, man, I got just, I got to take care of this. No, I started shaving my head when I was 21 years old and I wasn't losing my hair at all. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, and I didn't, and and I didn't you really chose the bald life. Yeah, and and around 2005, I was like, oh, let me maybe try and grow my hair out a little bit, and I noticed it was thinning a little bit on the top. Okay. So, um, and that's sort of so there's much, so there's so if you look at it, there's there's some thinning on the on 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 the top. So it was a thing where it's like, ah, it kind of sucks because if I I I could, I feel like if I grew if I grew it out, you probably wouldn't see it too much. I could probably get away with it. Yeah. But I was like, you know, it's not really worth it. So I'm just going to stick with it. Fair enough, man. Well, you know, you, you, you did that thing. What was that Seinfeld uh, episode where, um, you know, Elaine loves the guy with the, the, the shaved head. Uh, and then, um, you know, she, but then uh, she thinks that like he, uh, he, he chose to shave his head or no, he chose to shave his head. And when he tries to grow his hair out, he realizes that he's balding. And so then he, and he's not a badass anymore. So he starts wearing sweaters and like listening to NPR because he's not listen so many things in life are like that right it's like if i'm not having food because i'm fasting it's like empowering but if you don't have your food any food because you're starving then you're in a rough spot so most of life is like that our our choice in the matter completely 
<laughs> alters our perception of of the action. Exactly, man. All right on. Well, uh, okay, so uh you're wearing a reservoir dogs t-shirt not a band t-shirt right now but uh as someone who's you know grown up in metal and everything i'm assuming you've had a fair share of metal t-shirts what was your first band t-shirt you ever purchased uh my brother and i went to wildwood in new jersey like this like a beach beach area okay in in new jersey and you know like they would have all these shops so we bought two we each bought a pantera shirt nice and uh, and then we took those shirts, and then we w- w- then we went to see Pantera, like you know, maybe you know, six months or something after after that, and wore our shirts. And I still have one of the shirts. Nice. I still I, I still have it. So I was like 15, 16 years old. I was, that's number one, baby. Right on. Mine was not as metal. It was a no doubt T shirt from Target. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's right. How old were you though? Uh, I think I was like thir- 12 or 13. So. Did you buy it with your money or your parents? No, my mom bought it for me. Okay. Does that count though? Well, I uh, guess, I don't know. I, I can't remember. Like, did I, I'm sure I had some of my own money. I would do like chores for my, my grandfather and stuff. So, uh, okay. So I, I'm curious about, uh, there's a film you, you just mentioned, um, going to Wildwood. You said Wildwood. Yeah. Uh, so on HBO Max, there's a special about uh, a New Jersey water park called Action Park. Yes. Did you go to Action Park? No, I, I, okay. but I'm, the, I'm the perfect age though for to like remember Action Park because I, I was born '80, so I was like the perfect demographic. I would see commercials for it on TV all the time, and you'd hear, yeah. I hear about people going, but I was like notoriously afraid of like uh, roller coasters and stuff like okay. that. So I just, I went to. It was called, you know, I know it's called Six Flags everywhere, but it, but it was called Great Adventure. Mm-hmm. And I remember we went and I I literally went on nothing and on no rides. I was like scared to death. So I'm a big uh, scaredy cat when it comes to that stuff. I kind of I overcame a lot of it through the years. I've slowly started to get into it, but it's um, not one of my great things I can brag about. <laughs> All right. Well, if you're, if you're curious, watch that documentary. It's uh, narrated oh. by Johnny Knoxville. It's. Brutal. I watched it like the okay. day it came out. Okay, I was, okay. I was as soon as I saw the trailer, I was like, I need to, because that was one of that was on Hell injuries, but it was on HBO Max, right? Yep, yep. So I remember that was like right when HBO Max came out. It was one of the first things that I was. That was like, the reason I got HBO Max. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so they, you know, I yeah, it's insane. And and brother, and I knew nothing about all the corruption behind the scenes and all stuff that, that was going on but i love that stuff i mean yeah like they, they just came out with the woodstock 99 one. Oh my god last you know a couple weeks ago and that i was like just serve me the, all that stuff up yep. on a spoon like all the stuff that i remember from years ago but never knew how messed up it actually was behind the mm-hmm. scenes just give me that i just want to know how i screwed up everything was i, I love it yeah my takeaway from that was I was like, that was the last time rock music was ever at the forefront of the culture. Mm. And to some degree, it was like we had the spotlight and it's not that we blew it, but what happened got put on rock. And so we became kind of the redheaded stepchild. You got pushed to the back of the of the bus for the next 20 years, you know, and I think and I think it has a lot to do with that event, even though, like I said, I think it was a scapegoating moment. That's a good point, man. We're getting deep, dude. I mean, I, I have like a lot it. of thoughts on that because like I said, Absolutely. people take it personally, like, well, yeah. it's, well, new metal sucked. I'm like, yeah, I, I mean, you you could look at it that way, but it's like there's a lot more going on there. Yeah. I mean, you hear about the one guy dying during mm-hmm. 
Metallica. It was like, Metallica's not new metal. Metallica's just Metallica. But is Metallica's fault that there was just crazy shit going on at that? I mean, it's 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 hard to say. It just it just happened to be predominantly what the the lineup looked like. You know, it was it was kind of amazing. Think about it. It was the biggest festival in the world, and it's like Megadeth is closing. Yeah. Like it would so think about how different the world is in terms of like if it was now, it'd be like Doja Cat headlining yeah. or like yeah. Post Malone. Like mm-hmm. we're such a, a, a different culture in terms of like what people are into. It's kind of amazing to think that rock and metal was that big at that Absolutely. moment. Absolutely. You know, it's kind of fascinating. Absolutely, man. So uh in case you're just uh tuning in and and, and I'm talking with Doc Coyle from Bad Wolves and, and also the X-Man podcast. Looking forward to the new Bad Wolves uh album coming out sometime at by the end of the year. Is that your you were saying by the end of the year? Yeah, I haven't been given uh I know the date as far as I know, but I haven't been given uh the okay to, yeah, yeah. To, to, to say it. But I imagine a lot of those announcements will be coming like very soon cool. in the next few weeks. Awesome, so man. Well, uh, my last question is a question we ask everyone we talk to. If you could show us, but if not, just tell us. Pick a scar on your body and tell us the story of how you got it. What do you mean a scar on my body? A scar. Oh, a scar. A scar. Yeah. I mean, I really, I mean, I, the only scars I really have is like my back surgery from uh, uh, last October. And then there's a scar on my left hand. Mm-hmm. And it was actually the date of the first God forbid show ever. We played okay. Stone Pony in 1998, and me and my brother got into an argument, and like there was a, a scuffle over the keys, and actually my wrist got slashed with the keys by my brother. So, that is a very memorable scar, though. So you'll always remember the first God Forbid show. Yeah, well, it just, just goes to show you, even at even at the great heights, there was always uh, some acrimony bubbling underneath. <laughs> I like it. All right, man. Doc Coyle, check out his podcast, X-Man Podcast. Uh, he's always busy interviewing some rad uh, rad guests every week. And, of course, we're looking forward to the new Bad Wolves. And uh, I appreciate you taking the time, man. Listen, no no problem. Thank you for, for having me. I've been traveling a lot. So I've been – usually I do I actually do quite a lot of interviews because a lot of other podcasts want to have me on. I always try and help them out. So it's like nice to kind of dust off my, uh, my interview legs. Yeah, real, real get back into now. it. Listen, I just, I really appreciate you you having me. This has been a lot of fun. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone. Whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. 
Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.